Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Good morning, Andrew. How how's it going, Joey? How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. It's going all right. You know, uh, fun weekend of March Madness basketball. I was like, let's watch some college basketball. Who are these guys? Where are these schools? Where are these schools located? I know nothing about anything that's going on here. The good, I, you know me, I get, if I am not interested in something, I will uh, just gamble on it and that will get me interested. Sure. So weekend started hot as my strategy uh, for the early games was fade Goldberg. I mean, he's unbelievable. (laughs) He's unbelievable. And then uh, it kind of fell apart later in the weekend. Goldberg started to hit his picks and then fading him became detrimental. So I had to eject from that plan. I mean, he was some of the funny early Goldberg wrong prediction. He was big on Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> big on like, Iowa. The, best, the best team I've seen since the Fab Five. They're going all the way. I think this team might win the next seven tournaments. So I'm just like, kidding. I'm just messing with Maddie. I love Maddie. We have no beef right now. No beef. No beef. No beef. They took a they took a hot out. And, and then I was also, of course, I was rooting for Memphis against Gonzaga in a, in a very tough battle. Dude, that game was awesome. I, I tweeted that. Let me just say, I, I want to talk about that game really quickly, specifically. That was a. That was a tough shot making bonanza. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen teams go back and forth more and taking shots that I couldn't believe they were taking and making them. And just I mean, there was a string in the mid second half there where it was just like, yo, every single one of these guys is taking like NBA style tough shots and making them. That's what I like to that. That was that. I mean, were they tremendous decisions like well yeah they were tremendous decisions if they're going in but my problem with college basketball typically is a lot of reckless shot taking and not a lot of shot making but that game man guys were getting buckets i i was really enjoying that game yeah and i was rooting i was rooting for memphis obviously penny hardaway i've been a penny hardaway stand since blue chips there we go I, I, I got to take a dig at. So I was up in uh, I was up in Michigan this weekend. I had a little getaway taking a dig at Michigan. No, no, I, I, okay. I, 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 I got to take a dig at uh, my lady because I was up there. We had a nice little getaway. By, by the way, very lovely Union Pier, Michigan, right on the lake. Weather could have been better, but whatever. V- very lovely. Michigan is Michigan is a, one of the few states I have spent all like literally no time in. I think I You'd love it. Michigan is like I go back and forth whether or not Michigan is on my list of places that I haven't even visited because I've been in Michigan, but I've been in Michigan for like I've been to the airport. I've been in Detroit for like a second. 
So it's kind of like a borderline state that I, I almost considered never having been to. Well, I think people forget. I mean, in the lake, we kept her and I kept saying this like, dude, it's a, it's, it's basically it's like an ocean with with waves and how cut like like pretty. It's pretty great. It really is. It's like a great lake. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, like where we this were saying, this is a great lake where we were staying, you know, you look at the water and obviously I've, I've spent time up there and it's a big vacation spot for people in my neck of the woods, but you go up there and you know, it's just beaches and, and you think, okay, the water is coming in with waves, especially when this time of year, like somebody was, uh, what's it called? What were the guys who go in with the, the, the parachute? What's that called? Kiteboarding. Kiteboarding. One guy was kiteboarding and like the waves were insane. But my point is, like, you forget when you look at that, it's crazy to think this is a lake because it's just so goddamn big. But anyway, we had a nice little getaway up there for a couple of days. And it's it's not even a four hour drive uh, to get to a, a good beach up there. But we were watching that game, that Memphis Gonzaga game. And she's like, Penny Hardaway's coaching. This was her first reaction. Man, he must really be hard up for money, huh? I thought he made a lot in the NBA. And I was like, <laughs> wait, that's your takeaway? Like, he's hard up for money? Honestly, not a terrible takeaway, though. Really? I mean, not not the world's worst takeaway. Like, a guy like Penny, like, I bet Penny Hardaway did make a lot of money in the NBA. Right? Like, do you really need to go back and coach college basketball? I get that some of these guys, I understand it from the flip so, side. It's also some of these guys just, yeah, I know, I know. And he, obviously he's doing a good job. Okay. In his 14 year career, he earned around 120 million. I mean, the dude could literally live off of interest for the rest of his life and make more money than you and I. For sure. But he's not, uh... I get, I get it. I understand. Listen, that's the thing with athletes. Is they just can't get it out of their system. I think Jamal Crawford literally retired today. He said he hasn't been in the league in two years. He did. <laughs> but, but like, not, it's not the worst take ever. It's not the worst take ever. Okay. All right. I just, it made me laugh really hard. And I was like, wait, he went to college here. Like you're saying, these guys want to look at Jawan Howard. He's not hard up for money. He went back to Michigan, who sweet 16. Maddie and I both. Shit on them so they don't deserve to be in the tournament. Everybody was shitting. I, I I tweeted that as well. I'm like, year in and year out, the the absolute best bet in March Madness is whoever the experts say don't belong in the tournament whatsoever. Like this team, it is a sham if they're in. That team's going to the Elite Eight, <laughs> like minimum. The I mean, Syracuse the last however many years, they're always people just like this is bullshit. Bayheim murdered somebody. He shouldn't even be in the tournament. And we're going to the final four. Yeah, no, it is. You're right. It's always the team. We'll, we'll look at last year. UCLA was a yep. playing game. Just got hot made to the final four. It's been really fun to watch. So there was five of the first and second round, five overtime games. It's a lot of overtime and a lot of close games on top of those overtime games. There really hasn't been many blowouts. And they said this, was, you know, Maddie was right in this, right? He's like, this is the year where, he said he thought eight to 10 teams could win it all because there's just so much parody this year. Yeah. Which games did he hit on? Uh, it, that, which games did he do well on or which yeah. games did he? 
Well, he gave us Notre Dame uh, in the in that who they play in the Alabama after that. He was he jumped on that one. Um, I don't remember which games he hit right out of the gate. I mean, he was like, uh, we bet, you know, the dirty sports fan bet the Dons San Francisco. And he was like, Murray State's going to beat him by 150 points. John Moran's going to come. That was a game. I think that went overtime or it went down to the wire. Yeah, I think it went overtime. I think I think the Dons or the Dons lost by one. I think it was overtime. Yeah. That, was, that was a fun, uh, fun game as well. How about St. Peter's, man? St. Peter's. Peter's. Shaheen Holloway, dude. Seton Hall, last time, I believe the last time a New Jersey team was in the Sweet 16, it was uh, Shaheen Holloway-led Seton Hall Pirates. Now it's a Shaheen Shaheen Holloway-led St. Peter's. All the rumors. I have have, uh, a good friend of mine who went to Seton Hall, um, and obviously it's really close to New York City. So they're, you know, they're one of the teams like St. John's and, you know, Fordham, Iona that you get in like the local papers. Um, so all the New York stories are Shaheen Holloway will be the head coach at Seton Hall. Like the second their head coach leaves, which sounds like it will be this year. Well, their coach so, just left. Yeah. So the second this tournament ends, he's going to, he's probably going to make the leap back to his alma mater, but what a fun run. My favorite quote uh, that he had post game, I think was about, did you see the New York city kids, New York, New Jersey kids quote? Yeah. Repeat it. I, I saw they, I, they said something about like, you know, you, you're going, you're this low seed. You're going up against these, these, you know, AKA giant schools, like with, you know, you are, do you guys ever get, you ever get nervous? You ever feel like you're outmanned or whatever like that? He's like, my team is full of kids from New York and New Jersey. He's like, you think we get scared? He's like, we're not the kind of they, they should be scared of us. Essentially, he he almost went full Breaking Bad. He almost went like, we're the ones who knock. Yeah. And then that like, white guy in their team. We're supposed to be afraid of fucking some two seed. He's like, my team's full of kids from the New York and New Jersey hoods, dude. He's like, you don't want us showing up at your door. Sure. I loved it. And uh, the the white guy, Doug Edert, off yeah. the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Which Tug had a really funny tweet about that. Did you see Tug's tweet? I did not. If you asked every Hollywood writer to give this character a name, it's a picture of the guy, they would come up with, in quotes, Doug Edert 100% of the time. <laughs> There you go. Tug with a Hollywood, typical Hollywood screenwriters joke. There we go. Tug on Tug branding. But like, it's crazy. They beat Kentucky, who everybody was so high on. Yep. Then they beat Murray State. They're just ripping through Kentucky schools. Only a third team ever. That's a 15 seed to make to the Sweet 16. So I'll be rooting for them for sure. I think the Peacocks. Run- yeah, I mean, come on. The St. Peter's. Honestly, the Peacock app should just show St. Peter's games. They'd probably do better than what they're doing right now. Yeah, I don't know a single person who has the Peacock app. Like, like not a single person. I don't even the- know. Like, I, I, I don't either. Is it's it even, it's one of those things where everybody has it for a minute, and then they're like, and then after 
a month, it'll cost you. It, we pay you 99 cents a month. You're like, no, nah, I'm not interested. Cancel after a month. It is funny. Like the, the late bloomers. Like if you weren't Netflix, Amazon or Hulu. I mean, obviously there's some other good ones, you know, like Apple and HBO Max. But I'm saying like like some of these ones, it's it's like the bargain bin. Yeah, like the bargain DVD bin at Walmart. You're like, yeah, yeah. I feel like in the, I, I feel like if, I hate to go full pre Nostradamus, but one, you know, at some point somebody's going to be like, hey, what if I take all of your streamers and package them under one price, and we get, and then suddenly we're just going to have a streaming cable network, and then <laughs> kill yourself. We're back. Oh, 100 percent. What basically is now all, yeah. all the all the a la carte is basically that, but. The, the games have definitely been fun to watch. And uh, who's your like, who are you rooting for at this point? Like, who's your even your rooting interests? Good question. I know you're rooting aggressively against Gonzaga because you. Oh, yeah. You've had you've had Gonzaga beef over the years. Oh, yeah. I don't like Gonzaga. Although that Timmy guy was going off. But um, yeah, like Timmy, but- he's a good he's a good player in that first game. And there, I tweeted that too. I, like, honestly, I was just like, why is he allowed to travel every time he gets the ball in the post? He traveled every single time. I'm like, did I miss, like, was there a, was there a CBA style negotiation between the NCAA and coaches? Or like, does he, is he just allowed to travel? He traveled every time in that opening game. I was like, what is going on? Why does he get two pivot foots in the post? Well, I feel like he's been there and he looks like he's been there 30 years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is he literally grandfathered in because he's a grandfather? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, some teams that some teams that I'm rooting for, I'd say obviously St. Peter's. We all love the underdog story. Um, I'll say UCLA. Yes, same. Although I'm just excited for UCLA, North Carolina. That's like a classic basketball matchup, yeah, right? For Co- sure. College basketball matchup. And, and and that's another angry coach, Mick Cronin, you know, Cincinnati yeah. guy, coach Cincinnati. Never happy. Like the fact that he's worked out in LA is wild to me because little pasty Irish guy, angry guy from Cincinnati, Ohio, just doesn't fit in LA and he somehow is making it work. That's why that's why it works though, right? He's probably not getting lured out to the clubs. You know, he's like, I got film to watch. You get like a Steve Lavin out there. He's like, Yeah, can I get a can I get bottle service? Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Miami's been fun to watch. Yeah. And that's a fun game right there. Miami, Iowa State, a 10-11 game. Yeah. So, you know, th- those are some of the teams. Providence, I thought Providence was going to get upset in the second round. I thought they were losing the first round, and then they they made it to the Sweet 16. So, uh, you know, th- there, there's a lot of fun teams. Nova, Michigan, that's a that's a nice traditional matchup of two traditional yeah. schools. I like, my, I like rooting for Miami. Uh, I've got some history with old Jim Laranega. We, co- we covered his George Mason Final Four run years ago. I think I've told that story on this uh, on this podcast before, but Pete Sestaro and I sure. uh, covered that run for college sports TV, and we were just, you know, going around doing bits, causing mayhem. Like, throughout the tournament, people were just like, who are these two assholes? Every, every time we would show up somewhere, we were doing, like, gag bits. So it became a thing, and they – and. George Mason was in both of our uh, like in the region that we covered, we were in Philly and then we were in DC. So we covered them for four of their games. When, when Laranega goes to cut down the net to go to the final four, he comes down 
we're there with a microphone. He's like, these guys are here still. That's hilarious. Okay. First thing he says after he comes down off the ladder, the CSTV guys are still allowed out here. So rooting for, rooting for Big Jam. Yeah, no, they're fun to watch. There, there's there's a lot of teams. And, and again, with all the upsets. But with all that said, you have three of the four number one seats. Baylor- oh, that was shout out to Maddie Goldberg. I was on the fence. Which one seed I went. The biggest bet I went heavy on was which one seed was going to go down first. And I was on the fence if it would be Kansas or Baylor. Maddie, Maddie nudged me toward Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's definitely going to be the one that goes out first. It's too hard to repeat. Uh, so I went heavy on that. Baylor loses. Shout out to Goldberg. I saw a stat last night. Here's a crazy stat. The last five years, the team that's won hasn't made it to the Sweet 16 the next year. So for five straight that's years. That's a Maddie Goldberg lock. Is it hard to repeat? Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about that picture he sent us? What was what, what was he that? Us? What was that picture he sent? It was uh, was it from his Instagram story? In for fifty, chop for four twenty-five. Oh yeah, it's from his poker tournament. But but there's so much going on here. He's wearing a Bachelor in Paradise T-shirt. <laughs> Oh, I never even dive too deep into them because oh. the Maddie Goldberg things are always filled with Easter eggs. You're like, where are you? Dude, I studied this. He's like, it's in the back of a furniture store in Van Nuys. <laughs> what kind of underground poker tournament is this? That's what it looks like. You're going through a Jennifer furniture. You're there. You got to say you're here to buy a chaise lounge. And they say you, they don't have a chaise lounge. And then you got to say, <laughs> put me on the list for when one comes in. And then they sneak you through a Murphy bed into the back of the store oh where there's God. an underground poker tournament happening. That's what it looks like. So, I mean, you, dude, I did a deep dive. I did a deep dive on it. So he, he's his caption against his in for 50 chop for 425. He's holding up $50 bills. Or there's $20 bills. I can't tell. You can see where he's sitting at, at the underground poker tournament. There's a Coke, a can of Coke in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> Not wearing- Pepsi. Pepsi's fucking disgusting. <laughs> he's wearing a Bachelor in Paradise shirt. <laughs> he has like a disposable mask, but it's in it at his chin, right? You can see like, <laughs> like, because no- you know, that's the thing with underground backroom uh, furniture store poker tournaments. You got to make sure that we're COVID safe. Yeah. <laughs> Does that just mean he won 525, the chopped? Yeah, well, it means he got down to however many guys and they agreed to just split it. Oh, I mean, that's so, what the best. In- instead of taking it to the end. I mean, for him, 50 bucks, he turned it around to 525. Yeah. I can't imagine how happy he was that night. I mean, he's barely smiling, but that looks like it's Maddie Goldberg in just absolute ecstasy. Yeah. I, I want to know where he got when the- I get home. I'm going to jizz all over that Tebow jersey. <laughs> yeah. Two pieces of pie today, baby. Where did he get a Bachelor in Paradise T-shirt? I'm assuming Goodwill. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Or like one of his sister's swag bags. <laughs> so you figure games. Yeah. So four days, it's about 12 hours of games a day. How many of those 48 hours? Let's just round up. How many of 48 hours did he watch of games? Oh, 40. Probably. 
unbelievable. I just hope I just hope not all the one seeds make it. Yeah, that's that zone of TCU game was wild last night too. I didn't get to watch much I'm of that. I'm not a data one. wizard, but I oh, am an investor in Vesco QQQ, you know, which gives me access to innovations this? like optical track. Why are they doing that? It just an ad just pops up. I'm looking at stuff. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, no, it's fun. I'm looking forward to it though. Zona was fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. My my Xavier Musketeers just hired their old coach. Uh, old sweaty Sean Miller coming back, baby. A little, a little controversy. I think he's going to be suspended a few games for what well, now was he going to send for some shit he did a couple years ago, right? Yeah, well, that's why he was five, you know. So, I mean, I haven't read it too closely. Some people even served jail time for what was going on in Arizona. The rumor right. is that he was straight up uh, it's allegedly, but it's never been leaked that he straight up is on audio claiming he was paying DeAndre eight ten thousand right. bucks a month or something, right? Right. Well, honestly, that's the kind of coach you want. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? He, he's already there. He was great when he was there. Obviously, that was the stepping stone for him to get the zone a job. He was good in Arizona. I, this is exactly who I want. Yeah, cool. You know, bring bring him in and uh, you know do what you and want. Then, I don't, and then he'll do well and he'll leave for another big school again. And you'll be yeah. like, he's fucking dead to me. No, I. You know, we'll see. He turned down South Carolina. Okay. Which, which is a lot more money. You know, that's a state right. school, right? So he chose Xavier. And I don't know if it's because he's already coached there and he obviously is familiar with the city. Loves him some chili. He looks like a guy who loves chili. Absolutely. Looks like he's got chili coming out of his armpits. Yeah. One thing I wanted to, to bring up, I know it's just random. He's like, did- make it super spicy. They're like, you sure, coach? <laughs> you sure? It looks like your dress shirt needs to be wrung out. He's like, I like it spicy. I bet he doesn't wear a tie anymore. That's what I was about to get to. No coaches wear ties ever. Well, I, you know, that was what I was going to say is 15 years from now. When I think back to COVID, the first thing that's going to like, the first thing I'm going to think of was like, that was the end of coaches wearing suits on the sideline. I mean, just in general. I mean, now you got, you got a uh, Jay Wright. Jay Wright used to be in like fucking. Jay Wright used to be in like a Armani suit with like $800 shoes. Now he's in warm up pants, sneakers, and like a fucking zip, a quarter zip. But you're right. It just changed in the last couple of years. COVID, dude. COVID. That was, it, you know, the NBA kind of set the tone. It was like the bubble. The NBA bubble, guys were just like, ah, fuck it. We're not doing suits anymore. And everybody was just like, oh, we're not doing suits anymore. Pat Riley is just furious somewhere. Oh. Pat Riley is just. What do you mean we're not doing suits anymore? Because now he's about to start coaching again just to bring the suit back. Now, if you see a coach in a suit, he stands out. Yeah. It's crazy. Now they all go quarter zip, athletic pants, athletic shoes. All of them. Yeah. I kind of want to bring the ties back. COVID killed the suit game. Unbelievable. I used to love I used to love that. Like I, I my favorite thing about. And, and there's a lot of my favorite things about the coach D'Antoni era in the NBA. But my favorite thing about Mike D'Antoni was like, no matter what sideline he was on, he was in a suit. He'd love to stomp his feet and he'd be stomping his feet in like $500 dress shoes. I'm like, dude, you're going to crush your shit. It's like, what are going to have? You're going to have heel issues. Like, yeah, what are you tap dancing? Yeah. By the way, I, I think early upset Houston over Arizona. Okay. It's in Texas. 
since San Antonio, you figured there's gonna be a lot of Houston people there. That's that's an early upset. I'm calling five over one. Okay. But who knows? I just don't want Gonzaga to win at all. That's all I'm hoping for. So we got some breaking news right now. Looks like Matty Ice, Matty Ryan is going to Ooh. Indy. Wow. Wow. So we had uh, uh that was that was all the talk because it sounded like there was a moment where it was Deshaun Watson to Atlanta. And now and now we're having we're having like quarterbacks leave because of Deshaun Watson to their team rumors. Yeah. Well, obviously Baker wants out. And I thought Baker was going to end up in Indianapolis. But clearly he's not. Looks like for just a third rounder, supposedly. It's not wow. finalized. I'm just I'm reading this as it's unfolding. Third rounder and obviously the money that they'll save. Sure. But I I'm not going to lie. Um I'm I'm not like a Matt Ryan stan by any means, but I am a Matt I'm a Matt Ryan I wouldn't even say a Matt Ryan truther. I think the Matt Ryan um, truth is is there's a lot of layers to the Matt to there's a lot of layers if you're a Matt Ryan truther. But I'm a Matt Ryan defender in that I think that a lot of people come at Matt Ryan for being shitty, and I I think Matt Ryan is anything but shitty. I think this is the best move that the Colts made at quarterback since drafting Andrew Luck. I mean, I like it better than. Philip Rivers, I like it better than Carson Wentz. Um, Matt Ryan with a uh, running game and a defense. At end of his career, Matty Ryan. I like it. I agree. And obviously, I turned. Remember, I was I was Matt Ryan as Andy Dalton. Yeah. And then the MVP season when they went to the Super Bowl. So look, I, I'm a Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and- I'm a Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer too. And I'm also I'm also Matt Ryan. That's why I don't. I'm a defender, but not a truther. The truth is, I think he's as responsible for the Super Bowl as, you know, the coach and whatever. And that's just that's just what keeps him to me from being, you know, somebody I considered elite at any moment or somebody that I, you know, would ever talk about. Hey, there was an era. This is a guy who you want to have the game in his hands, has always had red zone interception problems, uh, has always like let some games that they should have won slip through their fingers in essentially every year besides the MVP year, including, I guess, that year because of the Super Bowl. But, uh, I mean, still, you know, a, a, a capital G, great NFL quarterback. Well, again, another quality, he's not the level of some of the, some of the other guys, but another quality quarterback. Going to the AFC. Yeah, defecting from the NFC to the AFC. And it's it's just, it's, I mean, he got traded, right? He didn't defend. No, but. for sure. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, we're now to the point where, like you said, great running back, great line, great defense. Like, you could argue who who would you, like who's about you know in that division. Obviously, the Texans are a mess. The Jags we'll get to in a minute with the Urban Meyer stuff, and they have a young quarterback. But you could argue like maybe Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan versus Tannehill. I think that's a whole discussion. Who's the better quarterback? Oh, I think Matt Ryan's the better quarterback without a doubt. But, um, you know, is his team good? Like, I think overall the Titans are a better team. But this this could certainly, 
close the gap. Sure. I think, I think Matt Ryan, I mean, in just in terms of um, to steal a, a tug Coker, like how dynamic he is compared to uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I just think he has, you know, way more upside. And now that that's, you know, the end of his career is sort of looming. I wouldn't say we're there yet, but, uh, you know, as somebody gets older, you know, being dynamic kind of falls is one of the first things that drop. But yeah, I think, I, I think that Ryan Tannehill has been great in his time with the Titans, but there is a ceiling on Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I think we saw it in the playoff games, the Bengals. Yeah. So here we are now again with all these moves and, just shocked, not shocked because of the money. He's getting 240 million guaranteed, which is the most ever by far. But to see Deshaun Watson go to Cleveland, he's never played in cold weather. It it is a wild decision that essentially um he got to choose his team because he had a no trade clause. It is wild that he chose Cleveland to me. I agree. I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked that he chose Cleveland. Yeah. Especially with like, once I heard Atlanta was in the mix, I was like, oh, Atlanta, New Orleans. Well, he's from Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. For a guy who who played down there. Exactly. For a guy who's from down there. For a guy who's played inside the last few years. For a guy who... um, you know, it, it was already in the AFC and you're, we've talked about all these quarterbacks going to the AFC, the opportunity to go to where uh, an area ish that you're from play inside in the NFC. To me, I was like, oh, it's it's going to be, you know, uh, Atlanta or. Um, New, Orleans. New Orleans, and he ends up in outside in Cleveland. I don't know. Did they just sell him on running back in de- like running game and defense? Is I that mean, what they, they sold him on? Well, and the money. I mean, I mean, I don't think people realize his 230 million guaranteed. The next most guaranteed is actually Aaron Rodgers at 150.7. Yeah. And and Mahomes' deal is only 141 guaranteed. Right. So, you know, he exceeds the most guaranteed by about 80 million dollars. That's how much money they're throwing at him. And if you look at that defense, though, I was looking, I was reading some articles on it. They're all so young, though. That's the thing. It's like all these guys are 25, 26, 27. They're basically saying that defense is not going anywhere. Most of those guys are signed. They're going to have a running game. They're going to have a defense. Obviously, they got to deal with the Bengals, who just made the Super Bowl. And we're lo- who are loading up on their offensive line, Andy. I'm really they've, close. They've, list- they've listened to Andy Ruther. They said, focus on your offensive line. Sign offensive linemen. How many offensive? They signed three big time offensive linemen this offseason. Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah. But re- are, what did you are were you about to say you're really close to rejoining Cincinnati Bengals fandom? No, I'm really close to start betting people that don't make the playoffs. Because <laughs> this is how it happens. Wait, what? Yeah. But you were Mr. They're missing an offensive line. Now they're addressing your offensive line concerns. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I got a feeling. You know what my feeling is? My feeling is that it's so hard. Tonight's going to be a good night? Yeah. (laughs) My feeling is that the AFC is so stacked 
you have to admit that Deshaun Watson just that trade really changes that division, man. Absolutely. I mean, for sure. I mean, I mean, they had Baker on. Mayfield there before, like if he lost the game, but it was close, he was running with a flag and staking it into the middle of the field and running wide receivers out of town doing doing more commercials than he had fucking wins last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to count the last Bengals games. They weren't playing their starters, but, you know, Cleveland whooped Cincinnati's ass in Cincinnati. It's one game, but with Baker Mayfield, my point is, you now have a top, you know, I don't know how you want to debate Deshaun Watson because he didn't play last year. Let's just let's just say top seven, eight quarterback. And then probably, you know, a lot of us could argue he's top five. But my point is, you it suddenly changes. You agree. Like, he's never had a team like this where he has a defense and a running game. So my, my point with the Bengals is this. Everyone, this is exactly what happens. Everyone thinks it's their year. Dude, I love, I kind of, you know me, I spend too much time getting off on reading the comment section on some of these local Cincinnati things. And I just love, dude, we're going to put 40 points a game. It's like. In oh, theory, yeah. I mean, listen, that's that's just in, in, in fandom theory, in general. In theory. Everything is an upgrade, but like, again, injuries and all these things. Look, that's why I'm saying I think it's an interesting bet with people. Yeah, but get yourself some odds, dude. That's what I'm saying. I, I would want odds of like saying, hey, this is the year that they're supposed to be amazing. That now's the time to take advantage of Randy Ruther. Be like, Randy, if uh, if the Bengals make the playoffs this year, I'll pay for you to fly back and and go to their home playoff game. And if they don't, you give me your house. He'll be like, I'm in. <laughs> he would. He's I mean, already in. I think you well, I think that's the move. It's it's either it's either they don't make the playoffs or, or they don't want to play off game. Right. That one's definitely safer for me because the odds of them making the playoffs are probably pretty good. But dude, it's everything's happening so quickly. I mean, I mean the Deshaun Watson thing, by the way, I, I and I'm gonna say this because I can't resist. All, the women who cover the NFL. Oh boy, here we go. Cancel. No, the, I'm, I'm, I'm pre-canceling you. Okay, I'm this just going to say it's like a this is like minor, minority report. I'm, I'm pre-criming you. I'm just going to say it. Then don't fucking follow it. All, all the women bitching. The NFL has never cared about women ever. 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 Oh yeah. It's never cared about women. It's never cared. And if you have a problem with this stuff, I have no I have no problem with you, you have a problem with it. But don't cover it. The Mina Kimes of the world who want to bitch and tweet about Deshaun Watson, you literally get paid to cover the NFL. Then don't cover it. But the other thing is just, you know me, and my thing is always just like, give me, I need consistency. You, I need 20 tweets for the Ben Roethlisberger, you know, retirement tour. I need, you know, like basically I need every accusation. I need you like, to steal a line from the kitties, but like bring the same energy. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this goes for all the people across sports, uh, you know, like, again, I'll say it. And, you know, and not that I'm happy the guy's like gone or anything like that. De- definitely a tragic end to the Kobe Bryant story. But like, we all just pr- like the majority of people, 99.99999% of people pretended that there wasn't, a full-on rape case that yeah. went to, you know, 
yeah. And Ben Roethlisberger. And, and, and honestly, a lot of the littler stories too. It's like, somebody said that to me the other day. Um, like, how is Deshaun Watson signing the biggest contract ever? And Trevor Bauer is just no, never playing again. And I'm like, oh, are you unaware that the NFL gives zero fucks and has always given zero fucks? If OJ still had legs, he would be in a backfield right now. Yeah. I mean, Ravens fans, uh, uh, Patriots fans, Steelers fans, Raiders fans. Like, I mean, the it's a never ending story of, I mean, even as a Giants fan, I say it all the time. It's like every anniversary we're going to run out Lawrence Taylor. And of course they should. He's the greatest defensive player to ever walk planet earth. But like the things he picked up a 15 year old hooker. Yeah. yeah, No, exactly. She was a child, a full on child, a child. And, and that's all I'm trying to say. I, I totally agree with what you're saying is like, you're right. Bring that same energy because when you see someone like Deshaun Watson get signed and get thrown the most money ever. They all want to complain, but the same, that's what I want to say, dude, you're literally like, like, like the reason I referenced her, I saw the tweet and then you just want to say, you're literally on ESPN's NFL show. That's literally how you get paid. Yeah. Things I don't like, I don't watch. I don't read. I don't support. And, and also listen, I understand saying I like the NFL, but it's problematic, but you better be again, keep that same energy, be, say it on ESPN and, and bring it up about it. Say it about Jerry Jones. A hundred percent. Like, you know great, what I mean? Oh, point. go, go after some owners. You can take point. shots, take it across the board. And by the way, I am not defending Deshaun Watson. Um, nor am I at, at, at all. Nor am in I. fact, what I'm, what I'm saying is like, this is, this has been a problem in the NFL. And you guys, I mean, everybody, you know, people have called me a lot of names over the years because every time the NFL does something, I love to remind people that all Colin Kaepernick did was have an opinion and he's blackballed from the league. And people are like, why is it always got to be? Because this is what this is. It's the epitome of the NFL problem. They don't give a fuck about people. They only give a fuck about money. Yes. And it's the ultimate proof is that all of the things that we just listed from owners to players to coaches to whatever have done over the years, they're, they're, they will justify them revamping themselves. They went through the legal process. They went through whatever, and they're allowed back. The, the guy who's absolutely under no circumstances allowed back is the guy who said something that triggered MAGA snowflakes into writing letters. Unacceptable. On beyond, we need to come together in a Dr. Evil like boardroom hidden inside of a mountain to agree no one shall sign this guy ever. Five years later, 22 sexual assault allegations teams are playing ookie cookie to see who can fucking sign him. Yeah. The most money ever. And, and, and that's, that's a hundred percent correct. When, when you put those two side by side, 
I do have to say, Randy Ruther, aka Justin Wood, is not happy with me. Why? Can, can I just can I just read what he what he put on? Is in the YouTube comments. Andy's takes in the Bengals hold absolutely no validity at all right now. He's like a fighter that just got KO'd who is now saying he will win the next time. The hell out of here. <laughs> and, and for the record, Justin, I, I agree with as far as I, I'm put not your basing, house where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not basing this off anything. What I'm basing this off of is trends and the teams that were always hot on. This has nothing to do with the Bengals, actually, at this point, because they did sign guys they need to. So I, I'll give look, I'll give credit where credit's due. Unlike the other professional team in this city, they are signing people and they are trying to protect their Ferrari. So kudos to them but i'm just saying this has nothing to do with that it is this is me just following trends super bowl hangover is a trend yeah uh the nfl teams that make the playoffs you know are uh, and not making it the next year is a trend uh repeat division winners is a trend like uh listen i uh i'm on both of your guys' sides because you have been adamant that their issue is that they don't have an offline and they and they they saw that they hear it they're not, they're not pretending it's not. They've signed three guys, like they've uh, they fully revamped their offensive line in one offseason. Do those guys work out? Who knows? Does every single one of those guys continue to be as good as they've been in the past? That there's a trend there that that doesn't work out. But they're doing all the right things. That's all you can ask for. And I agree. I'm, we, we can all three agree on that. They're they're doing the things that they need to do. And uh, but also that's all you can. They'll do. they'll play a they'll play a first place schedule. They're the team from the AFC that went to the Super Bowl. Everybody, everybody will get up for that game next year. There's a lot of factors in in the Bengals next season. Sure, and, and like Joe I Burrow said, limped off the field in the Super Bowl. Like I said, I I'm I'm stoked just in general for the AFC. Now, now the Raiders. I was about to get to that. I was just about to get to that. I'm 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 coming. I'm I'm gonna do it now. I think I think Russell Wilson. Finishes last in his division again. Oh, bad news. So before we get into it, that's that's the bad news for the for this state of Colorado. The good news for the state of Colorado is that I will be there in April. I will be at uh, the most important one that you guys need to know about is April 14th at the Vale Comedy Show Bridge Street Bar in Vale. I'm I often open for Eddie Ift. In this situation, I will be co-headlining with Eddie Ift, the uh, two-headed monster. So if you are in the Vail area or if you're planning a ski vacation to the Vail area, you can go on my Twitter, go a couple tweets back, or just look on my Facebook page or just look up Vail's comedy show at the Bridge Street Bar, April 14th, me and Eddie Ift, Vail comedy show. Get your tickets now. Buy them early. They will sell out. If they sell out, we might be adding another show. So buy them now. They will sell out. And also, if you're in and around Colorado, before weekend before that, we'll be at Schmiggity's in Steamboat Springs. Weekend after, we'll be at the Denver Improv. But those shows I'm opening. This show, I'm co-headlining. So, guys, what are you doing? If you live in Missouri or if you live in Texas or you live in Arizona, come skiing and veil for the weekend. Take a trip. That's the good news for the people of Colorado. The bad news for the people of Colorado is every team in the AFC West is loading up except Denver, who has merely just gotten Russell Wilson, which is a nice move for them. It's a nice move for them. But everybody else is like, we already had a quarterback. Now we're revamping the rest of our squad. 
Yeah. Well, again, I think that's a that's a big upgrade for them. But Devontae Adams, you talk about an upgrade because Derek Carr didn't have that much to work with. I'm not saying he had terrible receivers because he did. No. And obviously Waller is great. And Renfro is a, an incredible slot guy. But now you got that just alpha. And I'm shocked that the the Packers let him go. I don't know what, you know, that was that was Aaron Rodgers' guy. Not really it's, changes and, things. I mean, it's it's it sure seems like the thing was wanted to sign him to a long-term deal, couldn't come to terms with him, franchise tagged him. Seems like, even though you know, none of this is being like openly reported in detail, seems like it was one of those Le'Veon Bells, like I'm I'm not going to play for the franchise tag. You guys bought yourself some time to renegotiate this contract. But I guess in the end, it doesn't seem like they were going to come to terms. They got for him what they could. He gets reunited with his college teammate in car. He gets added to a team that, you know, made the playoffs last year, have added some have added a lot of guys this year, have added a, a brand new coach. I mean, the Raiders are going for it in a division where the Chargers are going for it in the division that the Chiefs have been in the AFC championship game for four straight seasons, hosted it, and the Broncos are going for it. The AFC West is like the scene in Anchorman where all the news teams come together. It's like a four-way fucking battle royale. And I think those teams are going to beat up on each other. Safe to say. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't I'll say it right now. The team that goes four and two in that division wins it. Okay. Like I think there's gonna be a lot. I don't I don't see anybody going five and one. And I and I think there'll be a lot of three and threes. I mean, it's just I don't know, man. It's gonna be fucking bananas. That, that again, that whole conference. The whole conference now. Yeah. Like, like looking ahead, I, I just, I don't even know who I'd pick. You know, I, I still like Buffalo a lot because I like Josh Allen, but it's crazy. Well, listen, the playoffs are going to be nuts, but like you, uh, the betting, the um, bills to be the one seed is like a fucking a great idea. Right. Because they're, the, they're the one team in a division that seems like it's just super top heavy. Um, you know, the Patriots will be good again. You, you can kind of count on that. But are the Dolphins really going to be that much better? Are the Jets really going to be that much better? Um, whereas you have an AFC West that's loaded and AFC North that, I mean, has certainly the, the Browns have certainly improved. You could say that the Steelers haven't improved, but the Steelers are always just going to be in the mix. The Ravens are always going to be in the mix. I mean, you got two, you know, good coaches there. You got that. That's a division that just generally beats up on each other. You got the AFC South with the Colts improving the Titans. Um, like I don't, I don't see any, either of those teams having an easier run as the bills might have in an AFC East. And then uh, obviously the AFC West just absolutely loaded. Yeah. Well, the wild thing coming out of the AFC South is the story today from The Athletic about Urban Meyer. I mean, this is just nuts for me. Like, Urban Meyer is arguably the worst coach hire of all time. 
So there's a would you call it an investigative reported piece? I mean, it's not that sure. Long. Sure. We could call it an investigative reported piece. Titled is it's titled the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of inside Urban Myers disastrous year with the Jaguars. And this the main part that everybody's talking about was the tweet, which I think there's even crazier than this. Apparently, Urban Meyer did not know. This is the best thing ever. Who Debo Samuel, Jamal Adams, and Aaron Donald were. And the quote on Aaron Donald is this. Who's this 99 guy on the Rams? Meyer asked one staffer during the season, according to a source. I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. Like, is that sarcasm? I, I would argue this. Even if Urban Meyer was Mr. Like, he just wears blinders. Nothing that happens in the NFL means anything to him. He is just a college football coach. You don't know about the best defensive player in college football. Like, you don't know the guy at Pitt who, like, is eating running backs. You just thought, like, you don't know about him? Yeah. Like, how does he not know who Aaron Donald is from college? Oh. I mean, it's, it's nuts, dude. You're, you're a coach. And to me, that's not even the craziest part of the story. There's, there's two of these Mannings? There's two of them? Cooper and Peyton? They're like, no, Cooper is not even... He didn't even play. It's, it's Eli and Peyton. Wait, so there's... I mean, I know of Archie... I've heard of him. Alexa, stop this fucking bitch. The disrespect to Alexa. You've been yeah. canceled. So. Oh, no, that this fucking bitch was about Urban Meyer. This fucking bitch. <laughs> it does shed some light, I think, on what happened with him when he didn't go on the flight. Because to me, if you don't know who some of these star players are. It's like he didn't understand the concept of being in public and people filming him. You know, I tweeted that as a joke on Dirty Sports Twitter, but I think it's actually true. If you don't know who Aaron Donald and Debo Samuel and Jamal Adams are, you don't understand, hey, a girl's grinding on you and it looks like you're trying to finger bang her. People could be filming you. You're in a public bar. Like it, it, it goes to show. It, it does seem like it does seem like his brain stopped evolving, like in his Florida days of yes. of, of coaching. Like, that was the last time he took on new information. Yeah. So there's a few other tidbits I'll read from the story. I guess he was so pissed during a preseason game when somebody missed an assignment, which led to a busted play. He was so pissed even a day later. Meyer warned his entire team he would cut every single one of them if that ever happened again. <laughs> and then he They're like, that's not how it works, coach. And then he followed it up. And these are the quotes in the story. And do you know what would happen if I cut you guys? You They're couldn't like, get you'd get fired. You couldn't get a job paying more than $15 an hour. So now he's calling everybody stupid. And, and a player, an unnamed, an, an anonymous player who was a veteran is, is on quotes in this story saying, I lost all respect for him after that. That was in the preseason. That was in the preseason. 
And there's more stories like this. We all know a lot of them, but there's there's newer stories about him going off on players, him going off on coaches. He was threatening to fire coaches, players, all to their face in front of everybody. It's unbelievable. It's it's true. I mean, we we called it a terrible hire when it happened because it was it was a fucking terrible hire. It's insane that anybody ever thought that that was going to be a good hire. I mean, I just love, I love, let's not forget. He always belittled his staff to their faces, telling his assistants he was a winner and they were losers. Then demanding that these assistants in front of everyone defend their resumes. That's what's crazy is he's not just doing it to the players. He's doing, he's doing it to the whole staff. Right. He is ultimate college football guy. Just no, just like no respect for people like a full dictator, full, just like, you know, that that's, that's what these schools, I mean, they talk about everything wrong with the NCAA. Again, they, they treat their players like they're not humans. They're not allowed to like get jobs or like eat at the cafeteria after clothes or whatever. And then the coaches can do whatever the fuck they want and are paid like Kings. And it's just, it's just that that's the, that's the issue with coaches going from college to the NFL these days is like, you just can't treat people like, like, dude, the guy you said can't get a $15. He makes more money than you, dude. (laughs) He makes more money than you. Well, he's just a dick. Like I, yeah. like I would, I would never say to anybody, anybody, regardless of the situation. You're just an asshole. Urban Meyer's just a dick. You're, just, you're just a mean person, plain and simple. That's not, that's not how you talk to anybody. There's ways to motivate players, and there's ways to tap into people's psyche. I get that. And different coaches have different tactics, and different bosses have different tactics that they work with people who work under. I get that. But that that's not it. You're just a dick, dude. You're just an right. asshole to everybody. And you're a bad person. You're just a bad person. And that means you've been a bad person your whole life, or at least for a long time. You've been a bad person. I mean, we knew that, right? And to be honest, Urban, I'm ashamed that your first ever coaching job was a DB coach at my high school, because that's where it all started. It's disgusting. I mean, I, bl- I blame you, you guys basically entirely for it where it all started unbelievable what a jerk he's just a jerk anyway can we get to the most important nfl news matthew giant, stafford giant sign matt breda oh, okay let's go yeah let's fucking go i thought you want to talk stafford getting an extension i love i mean i love it happy for stafford earned it silly for the Rams not to extend him. I mean, you know, keep him, keep him a Ram for the end of his career. Uh, Super Bowl champ, you know, defending champs, all this in the NFC, all this, you know, talk of the AFC, the AFC, the AFC. I love the tweets. Uh, I love, I love the insanity. So it's when, it's when I know that there's still mentally ill people out there, you know, the who's the best quarterback in the NFC now is it Kirk Cousins. You're like, do you eat through a feeding tube? You brain dead mongrel. It is funny. I mean, it is funny. I will say like Rams 
for a team from LA and also the Super Bowl champs, nobody's even talking about them. They're like, bro, oh, Brady's back. Rogers still in the Packers. You're like, did we all just forget about the Rams? Yeah. Right. Like I know, you know, they as, trade a, as a low key half a Rams fan, uh, three quarters of a Rams fan. If they sign an injured OBJ back, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, obviously they have they they put themselves on a little bit of cap hell, but the, the cap situation in the NFL is now like it's not even a real thing anymore. When it's we're not. just going like, oh, you're just your contract's fully guaranteed as a bonus. So well, you know what Matt, the NFL yeah. Matthew Stafford is now paying for playing for thirteen dollars a game in salary. It's but yeah, it's, it's turned into like how people handle their taxes. Yeah, move things around here. We'll put this in a four hundred one k here. We'll put this in a Roth IRA over here. You can put this much in for the you know all that stuff. How people do it. That's basically you're right. That's what they're doing. And and look at their division. Obviously, the Seahawks are going to be down. The Niners. To me, it's still a giant question mark with the QB situation. Arizona's good, but Kingsbury sucks in the second, excuse me, in the second half of the season. I, it's just funny that like no one's talking about him. But good for Matthew Stafford now for getting ATT commercials. How about how about those? Have you seen yeah. those? Yeah, absolutely. They're actually pretty good. Yeah. Good Matthew Stafford, you just won the Super Bowl. What are you gonna do next? I'll probably get a bunch of commercial offers. Thanks. Yeah. While I'm at Disneyland. <laughs> Sure. So that that's pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty good move again that nobody seems to be talking about at all. Yeah, and obviously, you know, one of the big things for the Rams is that they signed OBJ, they signed Von Miller in the during the season. That you know, Von Miller already gone. Uh, Robert Woods gone. Traded, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, but I think that they're a smart team and they just like they did last year with with signings like that in the middle of the year. It's like we know we're where we're strong. We know where we're weak. There's always going to be a guy out there whose value drops and because they're not on a great team and uh, you bring them in and you make them a, a piece of the machine. Um, yeah, I mean, they're the defending champs, which as we've said, it's, it's tough to repeat. Yeah. But um, uh, listen, I think the Rams are handling uh, their building of their roster in a post Super Bowl. They, they went all in for a Super Bowl. We knew, like, if you're a Rams fan, you knew this was going to happen. You get the Super Bowl. I think they're handling the stay build as opposed to the rebuild pretty well so far. They need Donald to not retire. Yeah. Like that's a, obviously, a obviously. Important yeah, obviously piece for them. So, and but, I think he's, I think he'll probably stick around just to, you know, so urban Meyer can learn who he is. Yeah. He's going to stick around one more year. It's like, Oh, urban Meyer doesn't do who I am. Maybe I haven't accomplished enough. I would love to know <laughs> his reaction when he saw that story. He's probably like, who the fuck is urban Meyer? <laughs> Like this guy doesn't know who I am. Do you think like at this point, I'm not even joking here. You're, you're going to laugh, but I'm not even joking. Dude, after hearing the story on Urban Meyer, do you think part of him thought, will they know if I don't board the team playing? Like, I think he's so boomer gone or so full of himself 
like you said, these college coaches run just carte blanche. They do whatever they want. Part of me thinks he's like, dude, are they really going to know if I don't hop yeah. on the team playing? I think he knew and didn't give a fuck. I mean, he was just like, I'm not coming. Until later. Yeah. In my pants at the chili bar. He's like, what are these things that people are filming me? Are they filming me? What are these things that they're putting in the front? Where does the where is the tape? Where does it hold the tape? So something that felt way under the radar because of March Madness and the NFL and Major League Baseball signings. LeBron just quietly snuck up to number two on the scoring list. Which is crazy to think that that, again, was under the radar. Trigger alert, trigger alert, trigger alert. <laughs> From now on, whenever we talk about LeBron James in any capacity, we have to trigger alert for the people who are like, really? You guys are going to do it again? Yeah, well, he moved into second on the all-time scoring list. Um, I mean, what what do I say about LeBron James that I haven't already said? I mean, yeah. This was inevitable. Um, the the passing of Kareem, knock on wood, is next year. Pr- pr- pretty inevitable. Barring injury. Yeah. Um, he's the greatest basketball player that ever lived, in my opinion. Um, he, you know, he's doing it in a year where the Lakers have, you know, they're just so down. There's, there's so much turmoil that surprise, surprise, the signing of, Certain guys didn't really work out, worked out even worse than some people have predicted. Um, Russell Westbrook is beefing with his own fans, getting mocked by other teams, players. Um, the Lakers are doing this in like LeBron's doing this in losses to the Wizards. But, you know, death, taxes and LeBron continuing to be elite until he's 105 are pretty much the only certainties in life at this point. Well, I have a call because he passed Carl Malone, who was number two. And it's funny. We just talked about earlier about things nobody wants to talk about. I'm going to play the call because it's related to Carl Malone. And for the record, we have talked about this, maybe not at length, but I've actually, I think we, we've made a lot of references or jokes to this. So I'm just going to play this call. What's up, boys? Super Dope Ball Bryson calling from Atlanta about the end of the Hawks game. Um, so with LeBron passing Carl Malone, you know, now number two on the scoring list, shout out to LeBron. Why does everyone, and I mean everyone, skip over the fact that Carl Malone impregnated a 13-year-old girl named Gloria Bell when he was in college, and she gave birth to his son, Demetrius Bell, who went on to be a lineman in the NFL, I believe, for the Ravens for some time now? It just blows my mind this man just got away with statutory rape and had a baby with a 13-year-old when he was 20 years old. Just don't know why it's never talked about or blows my mind. I, I don't know. Just want to tell thoughts on that. Stay dirty. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about it. Yeah. It is crazy. It is. It's insane. I mean, that, I, I feel like the thing with Carl Malone as opposed to you know, some of these other things that we're saying, like, oh, how come people don't talk about Kobe Bryant? How come people don't talk about Ben Roethlisberger? I think the one thing is like this happened a long time. You know, there wasn't the Internet. There wasn't 
it wasn't the era of whatever. And also Carl Malone from Louisiana. Like, I mean, you know, the amount of time between when that happened to now is greater than the amount of time between when that happened and going backwards, that it was completely acceptable for a 20 year old to impregnate a 13 year old in Louisiana. Like it wasn't that out of the realm of normalcy for the time, but at the same point, Carl Malone goes on to be one of the biggest basketball players in the history of the world in, in coming years, you would, you're, you're shocked that it didn't come out um, and be more highly publicized, you know, in like for a dream team, Carl Malone, for example. Yeah. I mean, he was 20. She was uh, 13. I mean, it's, it's like, dude, come on. But you, you know, you're right. Nobody, you know, I, I still haven't figured it out. And we've talked about this again at length. I, I, I don't understand it. I've never understood how some people get this weird pass. Some people don't. It's odd. If you were like we've said, if you were already caught a, a Big Ben or a Kobe, you somehow got the pass when then Me Too came out, which is odd to me. But the people who had not people who didn't have something public yet and then it came public, got a harsher penalty as far as the public outcry. Like none of it has ever made sense to me as far yeah. as how how we decide. Yeah. Uh, to, to be totally honest with you, I mean, <clears throat> I think what the number one thing that happens is it's all media. It's all for clicks. Correct. It's all whatever. So is anybody interested in the Carl Malone? No. Does, does the Carl Malone story move the needle now? It's been out there. It's been whatever. I mean, you know, we go back to like <clears throat> one of the things that kind of kicked off the era was, you know, the Bill Cosby thing that every single person knew about, but then like Hannibal Burris mentioning it at a show is what like revives it. It was like, why did that take the thing? I mean, you go back. I did. I I've talked about this and I've, I've gotten a lot of props from uh, people who have been listening to my podcasts for years, but like we talked about the Louis CK thing on the kooks, like first year of the, like four or five years before it came out, we're talking about. And then people are like, I remember you mentioning this three years ago. And I'm like, yeah, dude, everybody knows about it. Yeah. But then when somebody just decides like, oh, let's get the clicks. If Now, if Carl Malone became the head coach of the Utah Jazz, then they'd be like, oh, let's revisit this. Now there's a top. Now there's a story. Yeah, well, well, a story I'm reading is like, like, like here's one. So. The Daily Beast did a story when he got a statue, right? In front of the Perfect. Jazz. So this that was the- that was June 9th of last year, right? So they do a long story on it, but again, it's like I think you're right. It's Carl Malone. He played for Utah. No one gives a shit about Utah, right? I mean, as far as like they just don't like it doesn't like you're saying it doesn't get the clicks. Yeah, and it was so long also, ago. It's, in, it's also it's in Utah, like the amount of statues around Utah for guys that have done ridiculous. Like it's it's next to the magic underwear statue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like what? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just one of those things that I mean, Carl Malone's done a lot of crazy things. Like he was one of the guys who didn't want Magic Johnson coming back to the NBA. Yeah. He, he didn't understand how HIV worked in transmission. And he also tried to bang Kobe's Kobe's wife. I don't know if you knew that. 
No, I, I knew and, that. And he also like I think in these days of high gas prices, drives an eighteen wheeler as his uh, commuter vehicle, <laughs> and uh, drives it to NWA wrestling events to uh, you know be a tag team with. Uh, anti-vaxxer John Stockton. So yeah, it's a the irony wild, is, it's a wild existence for for Carl Malone. And if we want to go inside the Carl Malone, I don't know what's crazy. Who's gotten a bigger pass, Carl Malone or Jimmy Kimmel doing blackface as Carl Malone? Right, totally. Right? Yeah, like that's another one. Like just like we're cool. Yeah. Which is cra- by the way, which is always funny to me because like he did blackface Carl Malone like early 2000s like this wasn't like i don't know about early 2000s right what was the man show late 90s early 2000s was that even a man show bit or was that a jimmy kimmel bit that was a man show bit okay it's probably late 90s early 2000s okay yeah apparently anything connected with carl malone you just you just can't get canceled yeah (laughs) like you get you get that free pass. Did you want to talk any baseball? There's been a lot of signings. Well, I mean, yeah, just like Trevor Story to the Red Sox. That's uh, that's huge. I we talked about we talked about Chris Bryant uh, last week. Um, Carlos Correa. Yeah, I mean that's a fu- that's a fun one. I mean. To me, the, are going I, all in. To me, my favorite part of Trevor Story to the Red Sox, Carlos Correa to the Twins is the the Yankees. Just, I mean, as a Mets fan, listen, I have been waiting my whole life for this. I have been waiting my whole fucking life for this. My whole life, since I was six years old, I've been waiting for the Mets to be the big brother, the Yankees to be doing fucking patchwork roster building with just like uh, heavy strikeout or Homer guys uh, while teams, while, while guys that they want sign with teams like the Red Sox and the twins. Oh, I mean, it makes me fucking ecstatic, but Carlos Correa to the twins. Yeah. Twins are going all in. Um, You love to see it because you know, I, I picked the White Sox last year in that division and obviously was correct, but it, I picked the White Sox in that division last year because no one, no one was making an effort to compete. Like, yeah. it was just like, oh, you guys, like, the the, the Twins and the Royals and the Tigers uh, are just, like, punting on the season? You guys are just punting? Um, so it's nice for the twin to see the Twins kind of you know, we're reloading. <laughs> I do hate. Well, it, a sign that I, I hate because it's like just it's the rich get rich. It's the Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. It's but just it, like it. It seemed like it was always going to happen. It seemed inevitable. Um, but like to me, to me again, it's you know it's the same thing the Yankees always were. That, that that's herein lies the problem. If you look at that lineup. And I'm not saying I'm not just handing them a World Series because we all know you have to play it out. But you just look at that lineup. And you, and you also know you need uh, pitching. Pitching. Sure. For sure. No, for sure. But you know what I'm saying is you just say, oh, OK. This is uh, unreal lineup now that 
everybody's got to compete. How many former MVPs are in this lineup? Come on. Yep. yep. No, it's a legit line. But like at this point, you know, you guys better go out and get, you guys better go out and steal somebody's ace at the deadline because, and I've done it before and I, and I did it in the, I did it in the era in the 2015 season where we actually had it, but I was like, okay, but in a, a five game series or a seven game series. And obviously health is such a big factor. It's such a big factor. Great lineup in a five game series or a seven game series. Should my team be healthy and their team be healthy? Do we have a pitching advantage for in every single matchup? I mean, listen, I know I'm a Mets fan and I know our strength is our pitching, but like that's playoff baseball. Sure. You're right. It is pitching. It's all about pitching. I mean, you get DeGrom three times in a seven game series. You get Scherzer. You get Bassett. I mean, that's that's essentially, you know, in baseball these days, you're you're, you're probably only going three men, three men deep yeah. from your starting pitching situation. And I understand that also starting pitch, you need a bullpen now because guys only go six innings or whatever. But I, you know, I'm doing the the fucking matrix. Like, let's go. Yeah. Bring it on. Now we're in a, you know, the, the, the NL East is loading up, you know, Solaire back to the, you know, back back in the NL East goes to the Marlins. Castellanos goes to the Phillies. Um, it's going to be like baseball. That you know, same thing. The rich get richer. The guys who are spending are spending, and the guys who aren't aren't. But uh, yeah, Dodgers lineup's crazy. But I, I saw Freeman coming. I'm not. I'm not like, oh my god, you know. Sure. I, I think, you you know, actually the Castellanos, like five years, a hundred million dollars. I mean, he had a great year, but yeah, I also think like he's one of those guys who he's not he, a great defender, not a good defender. He's not worth five years, in my opinion. Like, like you want to get three good seasons out of him. Also baseball more than any sport I've ever seen, um, except maybe like the prime NBA guys, the guys who are due, but like. You get these guys, they play so fucking well when they need a contract and then they get the contract and it's just like, well, I'm rich. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. You know? I mean, it, I, I'm not saying that's who he is. I know nothing about him personally, but it just seems like, man, he sure did come on as an MVP candidate when he was like in Cincinnati playing for a contract. And also playing in a small stadium. That helps. Yeah. Well, he's in a band box in in Philly as well, so that sure. that'll be that'll be a nice fit for him, and yeah, and at least I mean Phillies are definitely trying to be. I mean, I, I don't think the Phillies uh, are at the level of the Braves or the Mets, but they're trying. They're trying. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, we got a couple more weeks, and then we're uh, gonna start the season, which is crazy. Oh, so glorious. Well. We have a fair amount of dirt ball calls. 310-359-8365. Let's get to them. Here's one March Madness related. I didn't play this. I was going to play this when we were talking NCAA tournament. 
So here's a conspiracy theory. I love the Earth Balls when they come in with this. Okay. What's up, guys? It's Joey from Minnesota. Um, I placed about five bets on DraftKings today and won a total of four dollars. I'm pretty sure it took ten years off of my life. Anyway, <laughs> my question is uh, conspiracy theory time. With how close these games were, with games like Arizona and TCU being so far apart, and Kentucky getting upset and Gonzaga almost losing, I mean, how much do we think that sports betting has to do with this, with the placing of seeds? It seems like there should have been a lot more blowouts to me. I don't know, Dick, about college basketball, but I feel like I should have won a hundred dollars today. And now I have nothing. So, condoms are for Doris Burke's cock and whoever that cuck was with with her announcing that game. That was nails on the chalkboard. Stay dirty, wow. boys. Peace. Old school callback coming in hot. Yeah, I Joe, like you, Doris Burke. You know Joe, that you about been, me. You've been you've been canceled for that, um, dude. There's no betting. It's just it's it's insolent tournament. Like, like if you look at these lines, these lines are all so close, even when there is a big disparity in the seats. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, absolutely. I mean, I think that's just college basketball in general. I mean, the, the way these games play out, you see it all the time um, in, in the NCAA tournament. And, and the bottom line is there's, there's so many um, factors to it. I, I mean, I think you see, you see these, these like great strategic coaches with these mid-major teams right before they go on to, you know, jump to some other school. It's like, like, it's that, it's that like a player staying longer in the smaller school with like a great coach who no one's discovered yet. And then next thing you know, they're off to like another school and then they have recruits. It's like, it's just a parody in terms of uh, not, not in, not at all in terms of talent, but just in terms of like putting the whole package together from coaching to recruiting to talent to, you know, uh, all the things. I mean, that's why you see, that's why you see when, whenever you have a team that like just runs through a tournament, it's like when you have one of those schools that is like a big school where they get guys to stick around, where they have a good strategic coach, but like, listen, uh, Calipari, for example, it's like, does anybody think like he's a great X's and O's guy? You know, it's funny that I was literally just going to bring him up. I, I have his Wikipedia in front of me and I was going to say, guys, Kentucky, all the talent they've had, their title was 2011, 2012 season. Like, yeah. like with, and, and they were just oh, 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 loaded, loaded. And he's made one final four in the last 10 years. Yeah. But, but I mean, you just see that, I mean, the, the, the thing with him is, and guys like him through, through the course of like sort of NCAA basketball history is like, he's, I don't even think he's attempting to be, he's not even trying to be like an X's and like, he's just trying to beat you on talent alone. Yeah. You know? No, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, look like, like these games are just so hard to predict because a lot of them are young kids who haven't played together that long. And also the skill set, I, you know, I don't know how much it matters because you have teams that have a talent, but they haven't played together. You have the teams who have played together and they just can go on a run. And then you look, I mean, historically through the years too, you can, you can be, you can have one elite player playing with a bunch of guys he's played with over the years 
And if, if that player, a Steph Curry on Davidson, for example, uh, um, a CJ McCollum on Lehigh, for example, I mean, CJ McCollum essentially beat Duke by himself. All the recruiting, all the guys that on that team that go on to the NBA, Coach K, all the X's and O's. I don't even remember the fucking Lehigh's coach's name at the time. But you take one elite player, you're, he goes off. That's, you know, you, you, you win a, you could beat the two seed. Yeah. No, for sure. So, I mean, I think it's just a parody of, of so many factors in college basketball and just like an overall just like quality of the game. Like you just never see a team come out there and just like look like a well-oiled machine in college basketball. You just like don't. I mean, I, or I would say we're like 15 years removed from that where you're just like, man, this team is loaded and they've played together for a while and they've got a coach. You just like well, don't really well, see I said it. The, the most recent one was Villanova. When they sure. when they st- when they just marched through the tournament, I don't know, a few years ago, and then they stomped in the five. I think it was Kansas or something. They won by like yeah. thirty. Yeah, but but they also, like you said, they had guys who played together, and they also had multiple NBA guys. Yeah, you know, multiple first round picks who were sophomores or juniors. So they had played together, and they had the vets. Um, but yeah, it, it is tough. Okay, so we discussed NFL earlier. This is an interesting call about the Packers. Okay. Which I'm looking forward to hearing if you agree or disagree with the caller. Hey, fellas. Peyton from Omaha, Nebraska here. Just wanted to call in. Is it time that we start discussing that the Green Bay Packers are not a well-run organization? I mean, they've had two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for the past 30 years and only won two Super Bowls. Everybody knows that. But the mega contract mishandling of Aaron Rodgers, whether that's, you know, more on him or more on them, you know, trading away Devontae Adams for two not that great picks last night, you know, the mismanagement of the coaching staff for going on over a decade with Mike McCarthy, you know, losing wide receivers and options that, you know, Aaron Rodgers liked, drafting Jordan Love instead of a weapon. I mean, when is it? time to have a conversation that yes they're historic and one of the greatest franchises in all of sports but they've really not been that well run since the early 2000s thanks for taking my call boys and uh condoms are for joe bartnick let's throw it back <laughs> fucking bartnick just bartnick's like bartnick's like the uh bartnick's just like a placeholder if somebody can't have one the guy just minded his own business, drinking a cup of coffee, just taking, just watching some Pittsburgh Penguins hockey yeah, right now. Names are just being thrown into the guy's <laughs> thrown house. in he's his like, window. He's like, "What do I, I feel do? like? I feel like that's your fault mostly." <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, it, How well, my uh, fault? <laughs> we're gonna push you. I want to get to this call. So, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna have two. Takes. I'm gonna have three takes here. One of I somewhat agree with this call, mostly from the Mike McCarthy era. Like honestly, mostly that. Um, that from a coaching standpoint, they definitely pissed away uh, a good chunk of 
Aaron Rodgers prime while also getting a Super Bowl. Um, from the quarterback situation, because people love to do this, they've had two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and how, look how they've been mismanaged. Well, can we give them a little credit for having two guys? That, I mean, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, not guys who were the first overall pick in the draft, not guys who were the second overall pick. I mean, uh, Brett Favre, they got as a castaway from the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers, they have Brett Favre, and they're the team that goes and gets Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, in the middle of the first round when everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, no one's going to draft this guy. No one's going to draft this guy. They're the ones that go get him. So you got to give him a little credit for having being managed enough for having those two quarterbacks. Now that can also be part of the argument against probably kept Favre too long when you had Aaron Rodgers sitting there, um, probably wasted, you know, a, a, a bit of the thing. Now here's my hottest of hot takes. I don't hate them letting Devonte Adams go. And here's why. I don't know that this is something that Aaron Rodgers was by any means on board with, um, but I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I think anybody with eyes who knows the game of football could agree to that. Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't know this about himself, but I believe Aaron Rodgers is good enough that he doesn't need a Devontae Adams to succeed. He doesn't need a Devontae Adams to still have an elite offense. I would almost argue that the difference between the Packers winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl in the end of the Aaron Rodgers era is improved by spending your money on not receivers on offensive line, on defense, on the things that are going to help you win championships in addition to having a great passing offense, which you should be able to have with Aaron Rodgers and whoever the fuck his receivers are. Yeah. I hate to always go back to, you know, everything goes back to like an Eli Manning for me, but like, look at that. Look at the two Eli Manning runs. Who's the who's this receiver? The 60 catch Plaxico Burris in the on the first team. Victor, the undrafted Victor Cruz on the second team. It's like I expect the Packers to have an elite passing offense with me, you, Goldberg, and Randy Ruther as his receiving core. Um, and, and use the Devonte Adams super contract money on building the other things that you need to win a championship. Yeah. So now how that affects, see, this is, this is where, you know, we get, um, this is sort of the, the hole in the LeBron as the greatest all time. Like, Obviously, I think LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time, but he has the hole in his resume. LeBron, not the best GM. And I'll say it. I think maybe Aaron Rodgers, not the best GM out there, always wanting um, 
weapons and complaining about weapons or low key complaining about weapons. It's like Aaron Rodgers, you're good. I get that you like to have guys that you can trust, but build a relationship with a guy who gives you, you know, three quarters of the production of Devonte Adams at a tenth of the money, and sure. go and spend it on whatever else. Now, to be fair, I mean it was a snow game, but they scored one touchdown in the thing they lost. So you could argue that the uh, offense was a factor in their in their playoff loss. But to me, I don't hate Devontae Adams leaving. The only uh, thing I hate about it is it might piss off Aaron Rodgers and a prickly pissed off Aaron Rodgers seems to be something that they struggle to control. Yeah, I don't hate it either. It all depends on what you view success, like regular season wise. They've been basically when, when they've had a healthy Aaron Rodgers or a healthy Brett Favre the last 30 years, they've been right there. Now, a lot, right. of, people are, now a lot of people argue that, that that doesn't mean shit. And I agree to that, too. What are you doing in the playoffs? And that's right. That's been the concern lately. They go 13 and three back to back seasons. Sure. And, and, and they're they're losing. So in the playoffs, so, you know, look, define, you know, a poor run franchise. I think if you, if you take a step back and you look at 32 franchises of the last 30 years, a lot would want to be in the Packers position. A yeah. lot. And that's why I think, you know, um, saying that there's, there's been like, there's been um, like, Poor, very poor Packer decisions that have been that have flown under the radar is fine. But to say that they're poorly run when you compare them, I mean, like, I mean, just reeling like I could reel off 15 teams that would have to be would have to suddenly turn themselves around and be competitive for the next two decades ever to be considered in the Packers class in terms of how they run themselves. It's easy. Cincinnati, Detroit, yeah. Cleveland. Jacksonville, Houston, Miami, the Jets, Jets the Bears, the I Vikings. Mean, and we just wrote off about 10, like the Cowboys. Oh. Did we do the Cowboys? No. But yeah. The Redskins. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do a non-sports call. Yeah. Yo, what's going on, Andy and Joe? I was just looking for some advice on traveling, given the fact that both of you guys are comedians, Joe being on uh, a series of tours and things like that, always moving around the country, even to Canada uh, and some other places. I was wondering if you guys had any tips on being able to travel to different parts of the country cheaply, you know, whether it's certain airfares, certain deals that you guys bought for. you guys have any, like, tips and tricks that allow you to kind of, you know, beat the system a little bit and, you know, actually be able to go uh, places and, you know, make money from from comedy and things like that. So any sort of advice is appreciated. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And condoms will and will always be for Kirk Cousins. Peace. Yeah! <laughs> How do you travel cheaply? What are some, some life hacks? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the... I, I think what I do in terms of air travel, obviously I travel a lot for comedy. So um, it's not a like, oh, I want to go here. Like, how do I go there cheap? 
But um, I think in terms of airlines, like my thing is, uh, and I, and I'm, I'm airline snobby at this point. Like I, I essentially won't fly anything, but uh, JetBlue, Delta, Alaska, which is formerly Virgin and Southwest. And I'm not the biggest Southwest fan, but, but in terms of traveling cheap, they go certain places and you have to line up like cattle, but you can certainly get some good deals. But the, but me being an airline snob, what I do is I am um, subscribed uh, to all of those, the airlines I travel and, and JetBlue first and foremost is like, instead of having, you know, don't travel 20 different airlines. And then every single email that comes through goes to spam. You know what I mean? Pick airlines that you actually try to travel. Like I JetBlue is like my number one airline that I prefer to travel. And so like I monitor their deals and then it's like, Oh, right now we're running this. And and because it's not coming through with like a barrage of other things that just say you you're overwhelmed and you trash it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like they're running a special now where between May and July, I can fly to New York for really cheap. Like I should plan a trip during that time. And then um, for short term stuff, like, I mean, hotels tonight uh, is great in terms of like short term travel, Airbnb, um, you know, like I, I love doing Airbnb as opposed to hotels. If I'm going to go place for a couple of days, you know, be wary of like the cleaning fees and be wary of like whatever. But like, I, I would say just kind of putting a, a, like things like that together. Obviously we, we had a good, uh, we had a good rental car deal for a while there rip CT. Um, but uh, not that he's dead, but, uh, but you know, like build it around a deal, like, like as opposed to being like, I want to go here be like, oh, look, it's cheap for me to go here right now. I guess this is the time that I'll check New Orleans off my list or Vegas off my list or wherever the, you know, your deal yeah. is and, offering and, to send you. And, and, and do the do the research. I always say, you know, I've traveled around. I was just looking at I was trying to see how many states I've been to in the continental, the 48, which is most of them, I think, minus like seven or eight of the states. It's like 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 Joe saying, plan it around a deal. Also, they say Tuesday is the cheapest day. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. To book a flight, to book a hotel, and and, and do the research. So I've recently booked two two trips. The one I just did, and then another one with my buddies that were going down to Chattanooga. And it's like, I do the research. I I will make a whole list of oh these Airbnbs cost this much go through VRBO, this guy's this much. Cause I, I'm more on that. Like the hotel thing I'm out. Like I just stayed in a cottage right next to the lake. It's like, I'd rather do that. And you're right. They will kill you on those sites with cleaning fees. But if you, and, and that's math, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, sometimes it's not worth it for those if you're going for a day or two, but then it works itself out if you're going for a week somewhere, or if you're going for five days somewhere. And especially if you're going like if you're going with a group of like buddies or something or friends, when, I mean, when you go Airbnb, like you're going to have your own little spot and, and that's so much better. And also like, you know, what you say? Money is like wh wh when you go out or where you go out, like 
you know, be efficient or filling up gas. The states look ahead. What is this state? Or like whatever you're going or whatever you're going to do. Like a lot of times I'm going to golf or I'm going to snowboard. I'm going to a baseball game or whatever. Like I'll be like, well, listen, that's a factor for me and my whole overall cost. So let me like save, save a little there or plan a trip for a game. That's going to be, you know, I'll go see the Mets when they're in Oakland and not when they're in San Francisco or whatever, you know? And, uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to do it, but it's like, I, I always say, think of it as like an entire package. Like think about like the whole thing. It's like, oh, maybe if, you know, you're planning it around like a, a, a date or something specific, try to find a way to, to think about it as a whole thing, save money here and here. And if you even have to spend a little bit more there, maybe you're saving on tickets, maybe you're saving on airfare, maybe you're saving on travel, but you make it up for it in the other stuff. Yeah. Just decide also what you want to value, where you stay. Do you care about just having a bed? Or if you're going somewhere, do you want a view of the water? Or do you not care? Yeah. Do you want to be closer to the city? Do you want to be able to walk places? Like you have to prioritize. Yeah, so, yeah exactly, dude. I mean, that's something too. It's like when I went to New Orleans, I stayed in a, a, a really nice Airbnb, but in kind of a shitty part of town, but it was central. So I could go in every direction for relatively cheap. Whereas like, oh, if I was was in the part of town that I really wanted to be in, it would have cost me a ton of money to go to the comedy club every day. Yeah, exactly. So just prioritize what you want and what your you know top things that you want to achieve or whatever that is. Anyway, you know, look at this, giving giving out life advice. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. We got some more calls. We'll, we'll keep some more for next episode. 310-359-8365. I'm looking at, I'll, I'll let you choose. We have four yeah. calls. We have Jerry Jones conspiracy theory. We've done a lot of Jerry Jones lately. I Pass. agree. Non-major sports we like to watch. Okay. Interesting. A debate about how to eat peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a debate? <laughs> This is a, it's a CT call. It's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, let's uh, non-major sports. I mean, let's, let's go with that one. Is that fine? Yeah. Well, there's also been this like DS titles thing that's been on the rundown for two months. It's the new, uh, it's the new, whatever the last one was that you had on the rundown for two months. Oh, you know, you know, you know what, the, you know what that's a placeholder for when we need content. Okay. I have an idea. That's, okay. more, that's more of a mental note for me to create this. I'm going to play a game with you. Got uh, it. That's more for me. Like, oh, there's nothing going on right now? Shit. Let's fill 20 minutes of air. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. That, that's more for me. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do this one. What's going on, boys? Kyle Arnofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Just wondering, what is your favorite non-major uh, four sports in North America to uh, watch and attend? Um, and you know, if you if you've been to any that really stuck out, I know Andy went to that uh, U.S. Mexico uh, soccer game a couple of years back. Um, I've gotten really into uh, mainly Premier League, you know, English soccer lately, and would love to go to a game. It just seems like an amazing uh, atmosphere, but. Um, my buddies go to NASCAR races, some of these South Jersey folk, and I didn't know you could bring a fucking 30-pack of beer in there. You could bring your own beer there and just sit there. 
after hours and drink beer in the sun. I, that sounds even better than, I'm not going to say better than a baseball game, but not having to spend money on beer is a massive selling point. So I'm going to have to attend one uh, over this year and, and get back to you on how that experience is. That's it. Condoms are for Tom Brady, you disgusting piece of shit. You rape your kids. Whoa. <laughs> Well, it's funny that he says about bringing beer and say, it's like, it goes right into what we were just saying in the last call concerning budgets. And, and, and that's gotta be a factor. Like if you can bring your own beer totally, or your own alcohol, I mean, yeah. that's a huge factor into checking something out and also enjoying a sports event. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if this even fits his, question but i do love watching baseball at any level so like i like watching minor league baseball i like watching college baseball so um that's i guess that sort of out of the four major sports um also i'm not like i have no um i have no uh rooting interest in it whatsoever and i don't follow it whatsoever but uh i have attended some tennis events over the years and going to Indian Wells and going to the U S open. And I just like the one thing I like about tennis and I don't really like, again, follow it at all. But the one thing I like about watching it in person is, you know, it's generally going to be a good weather atmosphere and also the fact, and I didn't realize this until I started attending U S open events. Like when I was, you know, post college, um, cause I didn't really watch it on TV growing up is like how much of it comes down to like one or two, break games, you know, breaking somebody serve. So yeah, it's pretty intense. I like going, I like going to tennis. Um, uh, I really enjoy going to horse racing. I mean, that's just, a. I mean, you're talking about, it's all gambling. It's all sure. drinking cigars and booze and gambling. And so like, I love to go to, I love to go to the track just like generally, but then obviously in big, you know, go to the Breeders Cup or go to the, one of the Triple Crown events or go to Saratoga or going to just Del Mar down here in San Diego. Like going to a nice track is always fun. Um, going to a shitty track is fun, too. Obviously, going to big horse racing events is always fun. And then um, that's really kind of it for me, although I did attend Australian Rules Football in when I was in Australia. And man, I would love to do that again because that was some of the best shit ever yeah i'm not really uh, a motorsports guy i don't really like i have no interest in going to watch people drive around a racetrack like i'll see soccer i mean here's my thing i i'm not the biggest in the sport but i'll check out the atmosphere that usa mexico game like you alluded to is that he alluded to in the call was pretty awesome that that's a top event and i went to lafc and i went to la galaxy i'll go there's a new team here i think they sell out every game it's a brand new state stadium. You know, it only seats like 30,000. They hosted uh, a CONCACAF game recently. I, I would go to that. Um, but like, uh, as far as like just random sports, I don't know. I could, because I like, like the, the race track, the race, the horse racing doesn't do much for me. Like, like, I don't know, but like, like, you know what I could, I could watch, like if I was live and I haven't really done, I could watch like sand volleyball. Mm -hmm. okay like i could watch obviously especially if you like attractive girls like 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 i could watch that um i don't know but i didn't i did not know the thing about bringing your own booze which again that's i would go to a nascar event just to people watch 
because I like to people watch. Yeah. Like just to see what kind of hillbillies. All right. How many let's go Brandon? bring your own? I was going to say, bring your own booze and just chug every time you see a let's go Brandon sign and then die. Oh, it's just so not funny. It's just so not funny. <laughs> it's the it's the epitome of unfunny. It's just the epitome. It, what's funny is like there's a thing and you know me like despite what I've been accused of from both sides, both sides accusing me um, like the the one thing I always find funny is there's like a, a thing, especially if you like are like dive into Twitter on pol- uh, Twitter politics at all. There's like this consensus that like uh, conservatives do memes better than like liberals, like the liberals don't know how to meme. And I'm like, let's go. Brandon is the literal worst meme of all time. So whatever your argument is, you lose because you have the single worst meme ever. Well, that's an interesting discussion. I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like I don't, I haven't looked too hard into that, but yeah, I think, I think that that quote unquote joke is one of the worst all time. Like all time. And, and I just don't get it. Like, like, I don't know. I, don't I mean, go. my favorite thing about it is the, the, and I said this when I was in on stage in Key West and, and somebody just yelled it out some for no reason, like just for no reason, just like somebody yelled out, let's go Brandon. I was like, aren't you guys the like anti cancel culture, anti censorship side now? And you're, you're censoring your own thing. Like just say, fuck Joe Biden, you pussies. Yeah. Well, well, there's that. And I agree with you there. And also it's like, I don't know, like maybe this is just me. And I'm sure a lot of people would argue with me to have like a hatred towards a guy who's like stripped dementia. Like, like, like I, 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 that's odd to me. Does that make sense? Like, 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 I also think, I also think that there's a whole other level of that. That's like, like he's an old man who shouldn't be there, but also he has a speech impediment and has always, it's like, I don't even think half of it. I don't even think half of the people that are accusing him of thing. I think they just think like he has dementia where I'm just like, he also just has a stutter. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I just like, uh, I don't it's know. like somebody it's, it's like somebody coming on. It's like somebody getting into our comments and being like, I hate fucking Maddie Goldberg. Sometimes he's super weird. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's his shtick. I don't know if you know it. The dude's Maddie Goldberg. That's the vibe. I'm trying to think, though, of any other random sports. I, I don't I don't think I don't think there is any. I will say I did go to my niece. I went to like a, a gymnastic. I don't really even call them. I don't know. Meet? Not gymnastics, meet. What is it called? I think, I think Carl Malone calls it speed dating. <laughs> oh, shots fired. That was actually fun to watch. Like, like just to see how good some of these kids are. You're like, holy shit, you're nine, seven, six, seven, eight, nine years old. You're doing all this stuff, like. Meanwhile, I can't even touch my toes. Like that's wild to me. <laughs> this is this is pretty crazy. All right, that's the calls. 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. Give us a shout. Give us a question. We'll get to it next episode. 
Follow us on Instagram and Dirty at uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter at the Dirty Sports. That's what I was trying to say. Go you see Joe me. live. You yeah. can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. Please come to see some comedy shows. All my shows are at JoePrano.com forward slash shows. But the uh, ones to mark down on your calendar: Vale Comedy Show, April 14th, co-headlining with Eddie Ift, Bridge Street Bar, Vale, Colorado. Weekend before Schmiggity's and Steamboat Springs. Weekend after Denver Improv. Uh, probably going to add some shows to my calendar in late April for uh, New York City and the surrounding areas. And then between now and uh, Colorado in and around Los Angeles. So come see a show no matter where you are, but especially if you're in Colorado. All right, Dirt Balls. That is the show for this Monday. As always, big thanks to everyone for supporting us. You guys have a great week. And don't forget, stay dirty.